Americans, and welcome to... Crap, I didn't check the number. Is it 12? 13? Oh. 13! Episode 13! Lucky 13. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 13 is kind of a spooky number. Ooh. So for number 13, we read a spooky book. Why are we holding it up? Who's going to be able to see it? Well, we're holding it up to each other. <laughs> we count as people. This is not a visual medium. <laughs> Anyways, so for episode 13, we did something different and we read a graphic novels. Yeah, a graphic novels. <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> Ghosts by Raina Telgemeier. Yeah. Had you read any Raina Telgemeier before this? None. This was my first foray into it, so it figures it's going to be the one that everyone finds problematic. Well, not everyone, just a very vocal minority. Well, I mean, they make fair points, but we'll get to them. So if you had a problem with it, we're not making fun of you. No one's going to call you a snowflake. This isn't that kind of podcast. I had read Sisters and Drama before this, and I enjoyed both of those quite a bit. So this was another quite enjoyable young adult graphic novel. I anticipate this might be a shorter episode just because of how quick graphic novels read. Right. But simply put, it's the story of a little family who moves to a different part of California to help with... The younger sister's cystic fibrosis, and when they are there, they learn a bit more about their heritage and yeah. encounter spooky ghosts that aren't actually spooky. They're, They're pretty spoopy. cute. They're pretty cute. Yeah. yeah. They're real spook. <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 interestingly enough, I also read another graphic novel, pretty different theme, like, well, it's kind of similar, but it's executed differently. I kind of wanted to discuss it a little bit, maybe to pad some time, and also to show how you can... Do it more right than what happened with ghosts. Comparative literature! Yay! We're that kind of podcast. When we're doing this, I write and highlight inside of my book, which is something I would never do on any book other than these projects. But since this is a full-color graphic novel, highlighter wouldn't have helped at all, so I had no. to use a lot of flags, and so it looks... Yeah, his book is full of blue. da ba dee da ba da <laughs> Alright, we're ready to get this show yeah. on the road. All right, here we go. Ghosts. And I'm so glad this was almost like chapters, so there's like good stopping places. Yes, there are segments. So here we go. So this section is uh, August. So um, our main protagonist, Kat, and her family moved to... <laughs> I was hoping you'd do this. Bahia de la Luna. It's uh, Spanish for uh, Moon Bay. Anyway, they move there because the cooler weather is better for her little sister Maya's <clears throat> cystic fibrosis. Cat uh, doesn't like being uprooted and she's homesick, but ultimately she wants what's best for Maya. So we get kind of like the, some of the jerk-ass older sibling, but it's, it's like a bearable amount. At no point are you ever like, I hate this character. It's framed mm. well too. Right. Maya's a little pistol who's all for living life to the fullest, and she loves their windy new home next to the ocean. Kat and Maya do some exploring, and they check out this old boardwalk, particularly an arcade. Inside, everything's old and decrepit, and they meet a boy who offers to take them on a ghost tour. Maya's intrigued, but Kat takes her home right away. Kat's a little superstitious. <laughs> well, Maya's just a little stitious. <laughs> Not even my joke. The family eats dinner with their neighbors, the Calaveras's, and I looked it up and uh, it means skull. <laughs> so, yeah, clever. The dad was in a band once, and that's how the cat's dad uh, meets him, the, like, in a record shop. Your dad's such a hipster. 
Oh, I, I want to point out that they are actually an interracial family. The mom is Mexican, and the dad is white. We don't know what kind of white. <laughs> it's not important. Anyway, the son of the family turns out to be the ghost tour boy, and his name is Carlos. Maya's thrilled to see him again, but Kat is chilly all through the evening, and she refuses to shake maracas, and she rejects that ghost cereal. <laughs> I just like that it's, it's, it's said in such a way where that is like a huge plot point. She will not shake the maracas. Well, I mean, she... And it, it's like, a big character yes, moment, for sure. Right. Um, but just, I don't know, the way of listing it along the... <laughs> well, um, I was kind of going with that somewhere with that. Kat's family isn't as big into Mexican culture as Carlos's is, which fills Kat's mom with regret. She'd rejected her heritage when she was young, and since her mother's death, it's something that's weighed on her, and you can kind of see some of the same thing playing out with Kat. That was my whole point of, like, her rejecting the maracas and, and stuff. Um, at home, Kat's spooked by the idea of ghosts, and her dad is a big dumb idiot by pointing out that their old town was probably full of ghosts, too. You know, great dad moment of not being any help (laughs) (laughs) the next day um maya texts carlos on cat's phone inviting him over he takes the girls on a ghost tour all over town cat hates the idea of ghosts and maya's thrilled by them both probably a result of maya's illness and her fragile mortality they yeah have quite different reactions to we'll get into that anyway carlos takes the girls all over town and they end up at the old mission it's a hike, and Kat is concerned by all the exertion, but she's ignored by the other two. To the girls' surprise, there are real ghosts there. They hang back, but they respond well to Spanish, which I thought was weird, and uh, Carlos's offering of orange soda. The ghosts are so happy with Maya that they surround her and toss her up and down until she has a severe hacking fit. Uh, Kat rushes her away, and Maya ends up in the hospital, and the parents are disappointed in Kat for not looking after her better. And Kat's devastated, and she takes her feelings out on Carlos, who feels very guilty. Uh, Kat orders Carlos to leave her and her sister alone, and he agrees. Before we even talk about uh, what you just read, I forgot to mention that this actually uh, won a 2017 Eisner Award. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, that's kind of like the Oscars of comics. So it won Best Publication for Kids 9-12. to 12. I think mine came out before the awards because I don't have any. No, mine did too. I I was oh, I was okay. reading about Eisner Awards for somebody else, and then I saw that this had also won it. Okay, that's cool. So. I I thought it was funny at the beginning of the they're at the double back burger, which is clearly the In and Out burger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's my contribution to this part. Well, of I, I a similar <laughs> thing. It, she does a lot of that where it's it's obvious what it is, but she's not naming it by name. So, so yeah, so uh, she doesn't have to pay the money. Or so whatever. the little sister is uh, singing a song that goes, "Let it out, let it out, can't hold it in, gotta shout," which is I wrote oh, from okay. from the hit musical, a bit nippy. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know very much about cystic fibrosis going cystic fibrosis going into this. Yeah. I understood the concept of it being a really miserable disease, but mm. I liked seeing some of the things that they have to do on an everyday basis to make her feel more comfortable. Yeah, she um I didn't include it in my synopsis, but she gets that little vest that they had to plug in and it like shakes her up the, it shakes loose all the gunk in her lungs so she's kind of able to cough it up easier. Yeah. But she loves it since they're going ah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like when you sit on a massage is, chair and then you start... Which is totally what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> it's 
right up there with like talking into the fan like Darth Vader. Oh my god, me and Ian used to always do that, and uh, one time we were doing that, and that's when like my mean friend Megan showed up. <laughs> so we're both all like, look into the phone, and then she's like, we like like look around because you know when you sense someone's there. Yeah. And she's in the doorway, and she's just staring at us like you guys are dipshits. <laughs> she's mean. I don't I don't miss you, Megan. I don't like who's this Megan bitch. She talks about her like every episode. <laughs> like, like, I don't even think about you, Megan. Megan, listen, you're not even on my radar. I just can't. <laughs> Welcome to hell, oh, fellow. God, Megan. Let me just tell you about how much I don't care about Megan. <laughs> I don't think about her until we do these podcasts. <laughs> so, as a whole, I enjoy Raina Telgemeier's art just because it's very simple, uh, confident strokes and stuff like that, but. There is a page on, I want to apologize for any of the readers who haven't read this because it's going to be darn near impossible to appreciate a good bit of this because it is a graphic novel if you haven't had a chance to look at it. Um, But the spread on page 22 and 23, I really like. Ooh, yeah. It's this uh, view of the bay. It's so bay. (laughs) (laughs) And you can see like the boardwalk and this, yeah, and and, like the uh, arcade where they're about to, where they go check SHIT out. Yeah, it's just, it's just really, and, um, it's not like, and you can see, like, all the clouds and stuff, and she drew the wind. Yeah, know, so, everything. uh. It, it looks cool. I, it, would, I really want to live there myself. Was it Baya de la Luna? Is that what it was? Baya de la Luna, yeah. Yeah, it's, a uh, so it's really foggy most of the year, and the color palette in this is very good at muting the tones and giving that kind of feel without. The Twilight vampires could move here. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, no, it's it captures the 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 fog and the mist without it just being like ooh creepy. It's just kind of a it has that subdued feeling. It's that this she's going moody for. kind of atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we should. I want to shout out color by Brayden Lamb. So good job working with Raina, Brayden. Yeah, I love the colors in this. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I wanted to Mexican like art and architecture and all of that. Um, I don't necessarily like on a on a just purely aesthetic level, but I really like seeing it rendered because of how vibrant and interesting like the shapes and stuff can be. Mm-hmm. So especially when we get later into this, when they're actually seeing some of the festival stuff, it, the, it contrasts well with the the, the moody gloominess of earlier yeah. in the. And she's so good with it with expressions. Yeah, she gets the subtleties of a lot of different facial tics really well. Did you watch Coco, the Pixar movie? I didn't. I thought that might come up during this, okay. though. It's really good. Almost cried. Almost. Not quite. <laughs> I can only think of, like, one or two movies that have actually made me cry. But I get I get pretty close on a good bunch of them. Like, everything I've ever seen. Right? <laughs> like, cry. I watched the Magic Bullet infomercial. And it diced in five seconds. Like one of my favorite infomercials. No, yeah. Like all those weird. That's characters. why I chose that one because it's like I... all those weird characters who show. It's <laughs> like a game of Clue, where they all just show up to watch the magic. And like that lady in her house coat smoking a cigarette, just like like she's like bitching about. Oh yeah, like, sugar. Yeah, she's like bitches about having to chop up onions. It makes your hands smell. <laughs> oh, I hate vegetables. I hate broccoli. The That's bald yeah. Dude. And then he like takes the drink, and me and Ian used to always go like, oh, I'm skeptical. Right before he takes a sip, and he has this. Look on his face. Did you, oh, we watch it every did time. Did you get older and turn it into a drinking game? <laughs> like, no. You should do the magic bullet drinking game. Does it even come on TV anymore? I saw it, not super recently, but like within the last like three years, I saw a, a clip of it. I, I was really very glad I almost recorded it. Oh my god. <laughs> I love, 
This has been the Magic Bullet Podcast. So, <laughs> back to Ghost by Ray and Telgemeier. Right, right. Um, before we had even gotten very far in when it first introduces the idea of Reina's mom not being very interested in her heritage and then... Yeah. Uh, or not Raina's mom, sorry, uh, Kat and Maya. I totally knew what you meant, though. Right. <laughs> so I'm just like, that, that sounds yeah. right. So uh, yeah. Kat and Maya are then raised not knowing a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of outsider view of it, whilst it's like an insider-outsider view. It's like, this is part of who you are, but since you haven't been introduced to it, you're coming at it from a different perspective than a lot of other people. And... The only times that I can think of seeing a similar situation is like in Coco where the main character for part of the time rejects aspects of his culture, but he was raised in it. And then when he gets older, he starts to reject it. So it was interesting to see somebody who just hadn't been exposed to it at all becoming introduced to it. Um, And I think that was an important perspective for her to take being somebody who Raina Telgemeier did not grow up in this culture. No. So choosing somebody who was being introduced to it as well, I think, helped her. Uh, but she, yeah. Uh, but she um, has extended family members. Yes. And so... Who are. Which I'm taking to mean as either an aunt or uncle who is, because she talks about a cousin she has. Yeah. Who, uh, I think, did she, she died of cancer. Do we want to bring up any elements of this kind of, like... It's, it's going to happen. Her writing it up. now, or do you want to save it for later? Well, I mean, we, we the mission's introduced here, and I okay. think that needs to be addressed, because even before I read the internet brouhaha, because I didn't realize yeah. how... I did kind of, like, raise my eyebrows a little bit. Yeah. But she's not coming from this as... Somebody... I, I One of the poor reviews I read for this, someone said that she clearly just did some shoddy google search yeah. on day of the dead and then slap this together and i was like i don't think that's a fair assessment yeah. at all especially when you read the back and she has family members and she's even i think may have attended a celebration because she she's did in she, day of she, the dead she did makeup. say somewhere in there that she attended it at least one year and um i think i heard somewhere that like dressing up with sugar skulls actually isn't appropriation and that anybody can take part in it but maybe I'm kind of from that per- from that perspective because I briefly married into like a Mexican family, so. Well, okay, so I am not, I don't have a whole lot of sociology background, and so I'm just coming at this as my thoughts as someone who has existed. I think that if you're coming at it from a perspective of you are respecting the differences between your culture and theirs, which I think she's doing, you're coming at it. Uh, having done research, not not just a Google search, but yeah. actually doing in-depth, and she went to it, and she talked to uh, family members and stuff, so she has obviously done research. And was clearly welcomed into it. Yes. It's, one th- it's not appropriation if you're welcomed into it and, like... Right, and it, it, I, and that's the thing, is, like, it's... But you don't magically know all that reading the text. Right. I think that as long as somebody is tackling something with genuine interest and respect for it and wants to is looking to just learn more about different cultures and expand their worldview and their own like personal i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that and i think that's one of the great things about being able to talk with other cultures and things like that is to not appropriate but the opportunity to immerse yourself in something different in a way that uh pays respect to what came before it and seeing how how it works with you you know, because right. uh, when I was reading this, there are a lot of things about the idea of not being afraid of death and having a more 
uh, positive relationship of it that I would like to include in my own life because yeah. it's what I have grown up with is death as being kind of like a very final, scary, unpleasant right. thing. So something that would allow me to approach that in a in a more positive light, I think would be phenomenally beneficial. And I think that that is great. And I think overall, while she didn't necessarily get everything right, she was coming at this from very much a place of respect and passion for what she was doing. And I don't think that you can, you can fault the end result as not being totally like rock solid but i don't think you can f- fault her for her intentions right and to piggyback on that of that um because because i was like reading all like the comments back and forth about it and i didn't agree with anyone really <laughs> i didn't agree with everyone detracting from the book giving it one star because i thought that was overly harsh mm-hmm. and then the people defending going it well it's, this is for children so i was like you can trust children with a lot so right you don't really need so I feel like the defense of it's kind of in the middle. Right. I think, um, so, the, the the crux of this argument, as I understand, is that there is a portrayal of a Catholic mission in this area. I, I thought that was kind of weird, too. Um, and that is kind of the hub for a lot of ghost activity, and their interactions with the dead over the course of this story are kind of related to that. The argument against this is that it's ignoring the atrocities of white Catholics coming in and uh, pressuring their religion onto these people and all the things that went with that, which I totally understand. Mm -hmm. And then the argument against it is, well, this is a story for kids, so we don't need to include that. I think what is more correct is this is a story that focuses on different themes that would not be supported by the introduction of that. Yeah. It's not that it has no place in children's literature. It's that it was, it did not work for the specific themes that (laughs) this was trying to convey. Well, with little tweaks, they could have still made it work. Like, the particular ghost there, and it's like, oh, they only respond to Spanish. And I was like, no, they wouldn't. Right. <laughs> I was just like, no, they wouldn't. Don't, mm, that's kind of, <laughs> I don't really like that. But so, so if they're just like, I, you know, they their language is lost. I don't know their language. Like, if the kid had said that or whatever, and then like, but they appreciate the company or whatever, then like, right. maybe that would have been I don't, a little bit better. I don't but... think it was even that they they only responded to Spanish. Or they I think especially it, liked they, it. They preferred it because I, it was closer to their... Right. Um, but then the other thing is, from what I recall reading, a large amount of the spirits that we end up interacting with later on are... are town locals. And more recently deceased. More re- well, because that's the people who are remembered who yeah. are going to come back. And so it wouldn't make as much sense to talk about the people from hundreds of years ago yeah. because they're mostly interacting with the people who would have been their aunts and uncles and grandparents and the more direct relatives right. so maybe she should have just left the whole mission out of it just been like i don't that opens up a can of worms i'm not really going to get into and the right. text doesn't and i i really don't think she intended for that no at all. exactly i but... think i think she was i think she was just thinking of what would be a realistic location that would be in this area right. it happens to come with a lot of its own and she's baggage. from the area so she knows like oh there's there's spanish missions around like right I should, and it, it you know that comes with its own baggage and you can make the argument that by ignoring that baggage it does a disservice Overall, I think that she got too close to that can of worms that it did open that argument if you are especially passionate about representation like that. But overall, the themes and the story don't have much to do with that element of right. it. Um, so I can understand her focusing mostly on that. Yeah. And that's that's really the only thing here is she got close to something that I don't want to say trigger in a way like, oh, triggered. But like it does. No, yeah, it, no. It's, it brings to mind a lot of these negative issues that she then did not touch on because they weren't right. relevant right 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 and that's really all it is yeah yeah just some smoothing over of that 
instead of it being it's, it's a little bit clunky and weird yeah but i kind of feel like a not white author wouldn't have gotten into that trap because casey didn't realize josh and i are white so <laughs> i i didn't realize how big of a problem that would be because i remember thinking like that was weird and then kind of like kept reading because i've come from that place of privilege i couldn't but some people are just like i couldn't appreciate the book from there because it was just so upsetting and it's like well i'm not gonna tell you you're wrong for that right because there were a few reviews that were that but they the most vicious one though came from a white lady i'm like whatever <laughs> anyway the, where, where you cross over from maybe we should analyze this more closely to right. i am offended for other people <laughs> you right. know yeah like that's the i'm telling you what you should be offended by right and you're just like, like yeah. i i'm all for discussions yeah. and because if we don't have the discussions, then we can't avoid these problems in the future. And right. we want to be in a situation where people can write about cultures in a respectful, intelligent manner, you know, and have it not inherently be related to necessarily your background. Yeah. But then people cross the line of, I'm going to tell you that you should be offended by this because I feel that other people are offended by it. And it's like, hold on. That's a lot of effort <laughs> like, to be frustrated. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much energy <laughs> that you could spend doing literally anything else. <laughs> um, do you happen to know anything about cystic fibrosis outside of what was presented I don't. in the story? No. Okay. Um, I probably should have uh, looked into it more, but I was more concerned with the uh, cultural appropriation and all that jazz. So um, that's that was what my focus was on. It sounds miserable. I mean, I'm just gonna I, I, cystic fibrosis. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it, like no one deserves it, but this kid is like the best kid. Yeah. And you're just like, no, I don't want her to be sick. And she's like, <clears throat> she's so so open about it. And oh my gosh, like, my time here is so limited. I just want to have fun. And there, there's a more direct. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till we get yeah, to we'll the get scene. To it. But she talks about why the her, ghost means so much. Yeah, that. her ad- awareness of her own mortality really struck me. Right. She, um, she's great. I really like that. Kid. So I want to talk really quickly about. <laughs> so after they go and visit the the mission and they see all the ghosts and stuff, Maya has like a, a coughing fit and she has difficulty breathing and so she ends up at the hospital and their parents are like. You know, Kat, how could you put her in that situation? Right. We expect more of you. And that line struck me because I realized that they they do. They're not expecting a lot from her in the sense of, like, perfect grades or whatever. But they are expecting, possibly not consciously, they're expecting a lot of tolerance for her in terms of relocating for the sake of her sister. You know, always being aware of her sister's medical situation. And I totally understand because her... her sister is far more delicate than she is because of the cystic fibrosis but i can also i can see where she's coming from in terms of that just weighing on her all the time and that being why she has the 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 anxieties that she presents in this story yeah they i thought she did a good job even with that one little it's like two panels of that that just kind of help frame cat's frustrations pretty well all right here's september school starts and carlos is in one one of cat's classes she sits on the exact opposite side of the room from him, and she avoids him everywhere else. She makes some friends, and while they believe in the ghosts, um, they're capable of talking about other stuff, too. So, because Carlos does, it's like all ghosts all the time. She's like, you're a bit much. And, like, her friends are like, oh, let's talk about, like, lip gloss and stuff. And so she's like, cool, that's about the level of conversation I can handle. Right. 
because otherwise I start talking about how I start thinking about how my sister's gonna die and I can't handle it. Yeah, poor cat. <laughs> she has like an anxiety attack and can't breathe, and then like Maya's like, "Okay, breathe in, now out." <laughs> poor cat. Carlos hands Cat a note begging for forgiveness, but she ignores it. And her friends are like, ooh, is it a love note? And she's just like, just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> On the way home from school, a spirit follows Cat. Uh, she doesn't want to bring it home to Maya, who's finally home from the hospital, but she needs a breathing tube full-time now. Um, unfortunately, Cat sh- uh, can't shake the ghost. That was really hard to say. And more of them surround the house, and they don't disperse even when Cat yells at them. Maya asks if the spirits are there because she wants to talk to them. Cat lies and says they're not. And then the spirits start making music that Maya really likes. And Carlos forlornly plucks along to it on his guitar at home. Oh, this is the part where I remember, remembered Coco and I wrote, Hey, remember how good Coco was? <laughs> it's really good, by the way. If anyone hasn't seen it, it's really good. Oh, wait. The, shit. Yeah, back in August, sorry. Yeah. Is when um, Carlos is taking them on the tour. And uh, Maya's like, I have to talk to a ghost, Katrina. What do you want to ask it about? I want to know what happens when you die. Uh-huh, and I want to fly, but it's not like that's ever going to happen. And then she's like, dying isn't pretend, cat. It's real. And she has this look on her face. Yeah. This is when he takes them on, yeah, it's when he takes them on the tour. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's the, the moment I like. The other thing I like about that scene is how it's, so panel one of that page is what do you want to ask it about? Panel three is when she says, I want to know how it's going to die. But in the middle, she takes this big breath like she's going to say some, like. Yeah. It almost seems like she was going to say something like, you know, because she's very boisterous most of the time. It, it seems like she was going to say something like that. And then the reality sets in for her and she's just like, I want to know what happens when you die. Yeah. Because she knows that that's an inevitability yeah. for her. Because she's not going to live super long. She's just, because the disease is degenerative. She just gets worse and worse. Yeah. She doesn't get better. Yeah. So just adding in that, that, that pause. Yeah. Really. Okay. Do you want to go back to September now? Yeah. Uh, page 110. This is a very comic-y thing, but the last two panels where the Carlos says, I'm sorry in one panel and then no really, and then it squiggles from one panel to the other. This is why lettering is important in comics because it's very visually appealing. The, the, this is going to be really difficult to explain, but basically the little tail of the word bubble, it intersects with the, the panel divider and it just kind of like it, it's like a four-way crossroads and then it like finishes on the inside because i've been reading a lot of comics where they have somebody talking from off panel and they just draw the uh the tail and just have like a square cut off at the edge of the panel and you can see how that is part of the shape that has been like laid over the edge of the panel and it looks really ugly because they didn't bother to like blend it but when you have when you're doing your own lettering and you are paying attention to what you're building all at once you can make these far more visually appealing moments and i know that's gonna be lost on a lot of people but Raina pays a lot of attention to that, and I think that's really cool. But they split this kid in half. (laughs) (laughs) Sacrifices must be made for proper lettering. They bisect him. (laughs) It's sad. At lunch, Kat and her friends are talking about beating the boss on level three, and somebody says, do you have the cheat code? And I'm like, what year is this? Who uses cheat codes anymore? What do you do instead? Just suck at the game. No, people have used cheat codes. They either they either glitch the game or they, there's not like a traditional code thing anymore. You either glitch the game or you put it down to easy. Hmm. Poor Carlos plinking along on his guitar. I know, I felt bad for 
Did you ever read the Dr. Seuss story, The Pants with Nobody Inside Them? No. Okay. <laughs> it's really good. And this, the scene where Kat is, she runs up to the top of the hill to like, isn't she like luring the ghost away from her house? Yeah, she's trying she, to shake it. Because uh, the ghosts, they they like the movement of air and they especially like uh, young children breaths because it's a breath of fresh air to them um and so she's like oh my gosh maya i have to lure this ghost away and so she t- runs all the way to the top of the the hill and she's like freaking out at the ghost and she's like what do you want and then she's like maya's not ready and yeah. she runs away and stuff and first of all she then when she gets back home she follows it up with neither am i because that's like always on her mind is that her little sister is not going to live that long but the pants nobody inside them is about these pants there's nobody inside them and they like okay. keep following this guy and the guy's like freaking out because he's like why are these spooky pants following me and then he like avoids them for weeks and keeps running away and then eventually they confront each other and they realize that they're both like as scared of each other as the other is and then uh, the pants start crying and they become friends has the pants never seen people before why are the pants afraid of people <laughs> it sounds like a why was six afraid of seven joke. Why the was seven. pants afraid of people? Because <laughs> shirt wears what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, October. Okay. My pen keeps running out of ink randomly, but then it pops back on, so it looks really annoying. Oh, so you didn't even change the pen there? It just... No. <laughs> it just needed to take a nap? It's like, I'm shy now. <laughs> okay. It All had right. performance issues. Yeah. So, one sunny day, Maya's able to get up and they uh, leave the house to go shopping for Halloween costumes. But uh, Kat opts out of this to go to a street fair with her friends. She sees La Catrina, a Dia de los Muertos icon, and her friends talk a bit about the festival. It's like this big party that everybody in town goes to. Um, Kat slips that Maya would love this. Who's Maya, they ask. Um, a friend from back home? Of course, Maya comes bouncing over, and she's upset that Kat's friends don't know she exists. Maya thinks Kat is embarrassed by Maya's breathing tube. Really, Kat just needs something that doesn't revolve around Maya's illness to take her mind off mm-hmm, of things. Mm-hmm. Cause so much of her life is just worrying about Maya and worrying about worrying about Maya. That it's just like I just need a thing I can go where they're not gonna remind me of her. I just need the space. We kind of get a hint of that at the beginning when um, Maya's like, oh, I'm going to miss, like, so-and-so and and -and so-and-so. And And Kat's like, those are my friends. And she's like, they're my friends, too. Right. And the parents are like, sure. And it's like, no, let Kat have things that are her own. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, everything everything is kind of framed in relation to Maya. Oftentimes, understandably, but sometimes it's like, it's like... I thought that was unfair, though. Let her have her own friends. Yeah, it's like... Remember that you have two daughters, and right. they both have their own lives. They do, yeah. Carlos brings over marigolds, which Kat thinks are for her, but Maya sees them and says it's for their grandmother's ofrenda. That's the um, altar, the remembrance <clears throat> altar that you put together for Dia de los Muertos to remember everyone who's gone before. They're, and uh, they end up being the perfect finishing touch. There are a few scenes in this relating to Carlos and his family being phenomenal neighbors. And that's one of those things that, like, they're like, they they bring them the the flowers and they bring the food and stuff, and they're like, that's what neighbors are for. Right. And it's like, you're right, 
And I've never experienced that, you no, know? Me <laughs> I hear about people who are friends with their neighbors. For a couple of I years, remember. for a couple of years, we had an, a neighbor that would periodically bake stuff and bring us over cookies and stuff. And we're like, this is the most amazing thing ever. You're a great person. We should do the same. And I'm like, you know, I'm not the most social person a lot of the time, but I would like to have that kind of effortless relationship with the people that are living, you know, 15 feet from me. I think that would be a really cool experience. I just, I actually just remembered a thing that mm-hmm. a nice thing a neighbor did when, uh, I was, when I'm a grown up and living away from home with a husband and everything. <laughs> Cause we, um, we definitely have kept up that charade this right? episode. And my brother was in college and we both lived in the same college town. Apparently my mom tried to call me, but I was at school. Mm-hmm. So, um, my husband had to call me at work to let me know he didn't have to, but I guess he didn't want me to find out any other way. But he called me to let me know that our uh, family cat had died. That was that was Yoey. He's a big fat orange kitty. We loved him a lot. It was mostly my brother's cat, and um, so I cried at work. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. And uh, anyway, we go home. Like um, I arranged one of the days off to go down to my mom's, and we were gonna help her bury the cat because she found him dead in the house and was like really upset and then we came in and she was like it was like csi she was breaking down like okay he i think he was heading to his dish and then like he peed a little there and i think he collapsed right here that's where i found him and yeah it was really horrible and uh she had him in a shopping bag in the garage it was like winter so he was preserved in that way and just and uh we wrapped him up in his he had this pink blanket he liked nursing on and um kneading like the way kitties do and uh we buried him out in the yard wrapped up in his blankie and with his favorite toy that was this little green football and a bag of his treats and then like a few days after that like my mom came home from work and she found this bag on the porch and it was from our neighbors apparently they looked out the window and they saw us burying an animal in the yard and they uh left a condolence card and like a thing of like wine and it was i'm starting to cry but it was very very sweet that's, so that's so sweet yeah oh my gosh that's yeah. great i mean that's awful about the cat but that's <laughs> right you know but it was it was they were just like we're sorry for your yeah loss. classy was, move on the neighbor i know <laughs> <laughs> so neighbors can be good sometimes i would like to talk about cats new friends they are not obviously of like latino heritage no and based on their naming conventions and stuff. Uh, one's black and one is... I wanted to see if I could figure out which Asian nation... What's her name? C-O? S-E-O. Young. Sue? Sue? I don't know. C-O? I'm sorry. We are so... We're not trying to be... Feel free to correct us. I mean, obviously we're not trying to be. We. <laughs> but anyways, so they are... They are not in terms of physicality, the people that you would say have the Dia de los Muertos historical heritage. Right. Um, but because they're part of this community, community. and that, that's where cultural, um, it, how it spreads in a, in a very positive, awesome way is right. people live there and it becomes part of who they are, not because, not just because of what they look like when they were born or whatever, but also because they are immersed in it, because they, they live there, they they know these people, they, they experience it themselves. And so it was really cool I thought, seeing the more right way of going about. And I feel like that's very true to, because when I, when I marry into this family later, they're wholehearted people. Like, yeah. 
they were it was interesting because they're, they're actually um from on the, from the the grandfather he grew up in Mexico and then the mother yeah was uh German but she kind of grew up in Austria or the borders shake up over right. there so much and this was like in right. World War Two so yeah. everyone got displaced yeah. and it's just terrible yeah so so they were like half like the very like stoic German thing and then like the open like yeah mm-hmm. like Mexican culture which is how the the grandfather portrayed it he he had Alzheimer's and was really like succumbing to it pretty badly when I knew him so yeah. I didn't get to know him as well as anybody but um once when we were leaving uh you know I kind of like awkwardly stopped in front of him and was like okay bye and I usually kind of like stayed back a little because I knew he uh, like my mom's worked with Alzheimer's patients and when they're confused by stuff or that they get like upset pretty easily and I was yeah. like I don't ever want to like confuse or upset him and then, like I'm a different like I'm a new face like every time because there's no way he's going to remember mm-hmm. me because I'm super <laughs> recent addition to this family so I always stayed back but um so he didn't know me super well so I like kind of paused in front of him and was like, okay, bye, you know, have a good time. And he said, come here. And he took my hands and pulled me in and kissed my cheek. So Aww. that's a very, it, it's super, yeah. So that's why it's totally believable that like people who are like of Asian descent or, yeah. or African-American, everybody, you can come to this party. Like you can, you can take part in this event with us and right. it's not like you don't belong here. So right. It's like, and no, it's... everyone belongs. If you've lost somebody, right. so you get to be <laughs> Yeah, like here. who hasn't? Right. Um, but you know, this this just shows the difference between grabbing a sombrero and some maracas and then walking yeah. around like shouting Spanish words and yeah. going to this and being like, teach me. Yeah, yeah. You know? If I, you show up seeing the cucaracha and everything, right, like, exactly. you're an asshole. <laughs> exactly. But if you're like, I want to know, I, you know, I'm... I recently lost somebody. I I'm grieving as well. I but I you know I want to know. Yeah. You know, like that's really when it comes to like different cultures. All you have to do is just be respectful. Yeah. Ask questions. Yeah. Don't be like and, that's weird. Yeah, and just pay attention. And, I cried and, when my grandma died. Why are you having a party about it? You know, just, just like what? Just let <laughs> different people right. show you their lives, and then you know. Just be receptive. Yeah, that's yeah. it's it's literally that simple. It's like the rules of um, improv comedy. Yes, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, like, just live your life like improv. Yeah. Yes, and and when you start doing that, you just start having a better time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I just think about like the classic like uh, it it's more accepted now, but the the earlier things like you know white people rapping why you know why are white people right there's a huge difference between the ones that are like listen i've i you know i've spent 15 years listening to this music this this was what i grew up on it was i remember seeing like uh i was watching like the documentary about the early days of rap and i i'm sorry i don't remember which uh rapper they were talking to but he said initially he was like who the f are these assholes with like the beastie boys showed up but then he's like listen to their stuff and was like oh well that's fine they're thinking about white boy crap. That's that's totally cool. Okay. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> they're not all like, you know, like, yeah, damn the man. I'm like, what? Is... You don't have to worry about the man. <laughs> you are right. the man. Right. They're writing what they know. Yeah, they're, they're, they're writing what they know. There's like some rock elements thrown into it as well. So they kind of like. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's very much they, they had huge respect for what came before. And they're like, how do we approach that and show that respect, but also come at it from our personal angle but but the beastie boys have since like 
and I apologize for the stuff they were saying in the 80s because it was a lot of like like anti-woman kind of like dumb crap and they were saying right so they're just like sorry about that but they became very woke later and very involved in like the free tibet movement and like all of that so yay beasties <laughs> yeah <laughs> i enjoyed the beastie boys oh yeah we're all, all over the place this episode. Well, we have to be. We're not even at 50 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> well, I'll be able to fill in some at the end with my, my yeah. comparative literature section. But, you know, in conclusion, when it comes to interacting with cultures that are not your own, just pay attention, be open and willing, and that's literally all you have to do to not be a horrible person. It's really not so hard. Don't be a dick, be a dude. That's... <laughs> I don't understand why it's so difficult for people, you know? know. Because they're so convinced that theirs is right. It's like, this is mine and it's right. Right. And it's like, wait, why do you think it's right? Because I grew up with it. And like, well, what do you think they grew up with? Right. Or like the people who are like, what we were saying earlier, I'm going to tell you how other people feel. And it's like, ask the other people. Yeah. Let them tell you how they feel. Yeah. If they agree with you, cool. But maybe they won't. Well, there was one um, one review that I read where it was all like, yeah, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from Mexico and this isn't what the celebration is like. And I was like, oh, well, okay. I'm not going to go, like, you're wrong. Right. But some person, uh, but like someone kind of piggybacked on it and didn't say, like, you're wrong. They just said, like, well, this does take place in the U.S. Right. And I've been to different areas. And, you know, same overarching theme. Yeah. But, like, it's executed differently everywhere, which makes total sense. Yeah. Because Christmas isn't celebrated the same way everywhere. Right. I mean, most of, like, our traditions for Christmas are really... We, we got them from Queen Victoria, who is German. Right. So it's all German traditions right. of, like, the Christmas trees and shit. Because we didn't have that before. Right. So, like, things evolve over time and, yeah. Yeah, uh, things evolve as a result of so many. It's location, it's time period, it's class, right. it's, you know, it's individuals. And, you know, the thing, there there's just so many factors that play into it that you... And we got Santa in, like, the 1900s. Like, it wasn't, like, mostly, like, Coke commercials. Like, so, like, the face of Christmas has been changing forever. And, like, so many things change. I think there's a long con here to slowly replace Santa Claus with just a giant glass Coke bottle. And that will be who we ask to come down the chimney and give us presents. Only if the polar bears are there. (laughs) (laughs) I love the Coca-Cola polar bears. Coca-Cola bears. Coca-Cola bears. God. Do you want to talk about late October? Let's talk about late October. This is either going to be a very good episode or probably our worst, just because of how scattered we are. Okay. (laughs) We're trying. But hey, you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If you have an opinion, feel free to email us. Or even if if you feel like we're missing the mark here, like, feel free to let us know. But I mean, mean, I'm going to promise right now we're not going to be all like, oh, triggered snowflake towards anybody. Yeah, that, we don't. I mean, the goal here, the way, goal here, here is it just it, to have discussions, and if if you disagree with something, present it in a manner of like, I don't think you're an awful person. Here's just my perspective right. on it, or here's what I know from such and such. That's cool. That's how we learn. That's yeah. how we evolve and get better. I mean, as not people. to tone police anybody, but yeah, I mean a little bit, just because I don't want to <laughs> wake. I'm the one who checks the email. I don't want <laughs> to wake up I'm to like, be like, go ahead and cuss them out. <laughs> Like, I just made a huge blog post about how you're a couple of racist a-holes and, like, that's oh. not going to make me feel good. <laughs> I, I, I hope we're not coming across that way. I'm fairly confident that if somebody sent us th- that email, they're in the wrong and not us. Okay. You know? I just, I, I just don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. Well, you reach, you reach a point where you're, you're presenting it as 
honestly and respectfully as you know how, and if somebody still comes at that with, I'm angry at you even though you obviously tried, that's their fault for not being like, hey, you know what, I see you're working with it, here's how you can do better. Sometimes people are angry at you and it's your fault and sometimes it's their fault. <laughs> All right, let's go to late October. Okay, so uh, it's Halloween and Kat goes dressed as a Katrina with her friends. Maya doesn't go because she's still sick and the cold night air is going to be bad for her poor little lungs. Maya, she, Maya has this moment where she doesn't get the point of them moving to this new place. If she's supposed to, it was supposed to make her feel better and she's still not allowed to do anything. And she's not going to heal, so shouldn't she just have fun while she can? And it's a very heartbreaking moment where you just see the parents are just, like, shredded by what she's saying. So, after trick-or-treating, uh, Kat goes home and she watches scary movies with her family until she gets spooked and goes to bed. And, like, <laughs> same. <laughs> um, while she's up in her room, Maya confronts her and orders her to go to this party. The Dia de los Muertos party. Because Maya can't go. Kat can. And it's like, but I feel like you need this more than I do. Right. <laughs> For you to, like, confront death, so to speak, because, like, uh, Kat kind of hides from everything. So Kat goes to the party, and it's up at the mission, and all the ghosts are chilling, and Kat meets a woman she thinks is her grandmother, but it turns out she isn't, but they still hang out with orange sodas, and it's kind of sweet. Carlos introduces Kat to his tiny dead Uncle Jose, who says he doesn't remember his death, uh, much like you don't remember your birth, apparently. Cat plays with the band, so she finally shakes the maracas. And then uh, Jose flies Cat and Carlos to Cat's house so he can meet Maya. And that's where Jose reassures Maya about death and being a ghost. And Maya shares her breathing tube with him. And then Carlos and Jose go back to the party. After kisses! <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say it in the synopsis earlier, but there, like a black cat started to cross their path and like Cat like, flipped the heck out. It was all like... Stay back, demon! And, like, didn't want Maya to go touch it because black cats are bad luck. No, they're not. I have a black cat. And she's special and perfect, and we like her, and she's fat and squishy. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, the black cat from earlier shows up, and the girls let it in. And then they wake their mom up, and there's lots of traditional Mexican food on the table. And I guess the cat's the grandmother they've all been waiting for? Okay. I don't know. It kind of lost me there. But um, I do enjoy magical realism, which is kind of, like, delved into, but... Yeah, and I have something specific I want to say about that, but first, I want to talk about my favorite panel, possibly okay. in this entire... Right. It is the second panel of Late October, page 157, when Maya is looking at her scary movies, and you can read the names of all the different scary movies. Oh, I didn't look at them! I adore them! Okay, okay. Raisin Brain. <laughs> Time is up. Zombie Piranha. Hide, but don't seek. <laughs> A scare tactic. Bully Central? Fright Boulevard? And then Ouija Board. B-O-R-E-D. <laughs> <laughs> I like fake movie titles. Oh yeah, they're the best. That's like one of the, like the, like there's the awesomest, well the only awesome in like the Twilight movies where there, there's like this scene where Bella goes to the movies with like this high school guy she knows or whatever and they go see the movie called Face Punch. <laughs> <laughs> like really violent and you see her like smiling that the boy she's with is like oh what was violent what was that mickey mouse thing yeah she went with mickey mouse oh hi bella i want to read the conversation that cat and maya have when cat goes back home okay um do you want to assign characters 
Yeah, do you want to be a Maya since Maya's great? Aw, <laughs> thanks. Okay, where do we start? Uh, go ahead and start 173. Cat, why are you avoiding the party? I have to stay here with you to protect you from stuff. What stuff? Grandma? No, I'm not afraid of Grandma's spirit, exactly. Mom's here, so if Grandma comes, they'll both be happy. So? I don't want to go back to the mission. I never want to see the ghosts again. Not after what happened last time. Cat, I can't go, even though I want to. But you can! The ghosts hurt you. Not on purpose. I'm scared, okay? What happens if I die, Cat? Will you be afraid of my ghost, too? I don't know. Please, Cat, go back to the mission. But don't do it for me. Do it for yourself. I really like that sequence. Yeah. The, what happens if I die, will you be afraid of my ghost too? That really just cuts to the heart of the right. whole thing of like, don't you understand that I am not going to be here forever? I know I have problems. We can see those. I wear a vest every day and right. get it pumped. But like, you need to figure this out too, because it, I thought that was really good. Ah, oh, some great panels here. 183, when it has Cat with her makeup and everything, just like looking in awe and she's, she's centered oh, yeah, outside yeah. of the panels, and then there's six panels around her of all the awesome festivities going on. Right. And she's just so astounded. That's a really cool... Um, she actually, uh, two pages later, she also, she breaks out of the panels again. And it's just, I really like how Reyna chose to kind of separate her from the whole thing. Artistically, <laughs> there's a lot of great stuff in this section, especially. She meets the old woman, who's a total cutie. Such yes. a sweetheart. yes. And then Kat meets Carlos's dead uncle, Jose, who is eight. And he's just, he's a little spitfire. Yeah. He's great. So this is where, so we obviously have the whole interacting with the spirits and stuff, but it's mostly like conversations and they're just kind of there as part of the atmosphere. They're also in the festivities and stuff. We have two sequences, well, one sequence and a the last page where it kind of crosses into something more when jose takes cat by and carlos by the hand and actually flies them back to cat's house and they're like up above the neighborhood and they're seeing everything and it's like it's really it's rendered very pretty as far as i can recall that's the first time where there's anything like really big that definitely couldn't happen i was like i don't know if i like this i feel like that might be too far yeah. however its relationship with the end where all of the food appears mm -hmm. is important. You can't, I don't think you can have one of those scenes without the other because yeah. it adds the credibility of them. Right, okay. Um, and so it, it ends with, my understanding is, the implication is, Kat's grandma, her mother's mother, who she was, you know, she regretted not learning more about their heritage or how to cook the, the meals and all of that, has appeared, cooked this fantastic like banquet and then disappeared so she's not actually they don't see her they don't interact with her but she has left behind all of this food and it's almost like it's obviously a, a huge thing like i you know i love you happy dia de los muertos but it's also it reads like a forgiveness between the mother and right because the the mom had been talking earlier about her mother's cooking and she's and like, like I, I, wish, I wish you could she tried to teach me her tamale recipe but i wouldn't have it yeah and, yeah. and so because that scene i think is it's it's very simple. It's just they see it and they're like, this is amazing. And then they all have this like cute family dinner at the very end. Yeah. Because yeah. that last scene I felt was very effective and important. It 
retroactively makes the flying scene work for me. Right, because when I got to the flying scene, I was like, mm. right. And I, I and I was thinking of that cartoon, the snowman. Do you, do you did you ever see that? It's like this very short, like cartoon short, like maybe half an hour, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it, there's no dialogue, but like this little boy builds a snowman, and then like at night it comes to life mm-hmm. and like takes his hand and like they fly through the air, and then that like single like um single choir boy singing we're walking in the air as they like fly through the air to the land of like snowmen like that's what that reminds me of <laughs> so i saw the picture i'm like we're walking in the air. <laughs> but yeah i thought that 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 last scene worked very well and it it really helped tie that questionable element t- to the story better for that me. food looks so good right <laughs> <laughs> i love diwali's and I mean, that's basically, that's ghosts. Yeah. There was um, a message on Raina Talgomeyer's website that she wrote in uh, response to the controversy. So I thought maybe we could let her speak for herself. I'll read you what she wrote. I think that's in line with our theme of discussion here. (laughs) She says, um, There has been a lot of discussion about books featuring characters in situations that are not drawn directly from the author's personal experience or culture. I appreciate the various points of view and sensitivity surrounding these issues. I have learned a great deal from the ongoing conversation about ghosts, and I acknowledge and take responsibility for the blind spots in my vision. Although people regard me as a memoir graphic novelist, Kat, Maya, and their friends and family and ghosts are characters from my imagination. After Ghost was published, I received a wide variety of feedback, both positive and negative. One of the highlights of my book tour was hearing from many Hispanic and mixed-race families who were happy to see their heritage reflected in ghosts. At the same time, I've followed closely and have learned from the criticism of my inclusion and depiction of Dia de los Muertos and a California mission in the story. I did an extensive amount of research for ghosts, using both primary and secondary sources, including interviews and discussions with my own friends and members of my extended family, and the book had a number of readers in advance of publication who gave me feedback. Nonetheless, I understand that this research supports a story that fell short for some. I value and respect the opinions and viewpoints of my readers very highly and will continue to evolve as an artist. The ongoing discussions about ghosts will surely inform my work in the future. I think that's a really solid response. Yeah. I think that addresses all the None important of the, parts. None of the no you or like some of my best friends are Mexican. Like nothing like that. Right. And it's, it's, just... it's, it's very much it's, you know, I did my best. I fell short for some people's expectations. Right. I will work to improve that in the future. That's really all you need to do. You we're not there, there's perfect. No, there's no one size fit all fits all for everybody to be all like, oh, perfect. Yeah. It's all like it's. There's gonna be stuff yeah. that. And gonna... I bet. I bet even yeah. if she did include a bunch of stuff about the the hardships regarding the mission, she would have then created additional right. holes that other people would have. Yeah. You know, so... you're you're always going to miss something because yeah. you have to you have to draw the line somewhere right. for the sake of the story. Yeah. But. If this still doesn't work for you, I have a different recommendation for you. It's called Anya's Ghost. It's by Vera Brosgall. And it's about, instead of being third generation from somewhere, she's second generation. So uh, the main character, Anya, she's Russian. Come, and uh, she's moved to America when she was like six. And she showed up with like the accent and she was fat and like everybody was super cruel to her and she you know she spent her time in esl and lost her accent and everything and she uh, refuses to eat like the traditional breakfast that her mother makes and would rather like just have like low-fat yogurt and an apple and just and uh just kind of rejects 
all of it to just be American and fit in and all that. And she encounters the ghost who um, kind of wants to live through Anya. And I don't know. I don't want to give out any more away, but it's it's less about like the family ties and more about like personal identity and um, not rejecting parts of yourself that you might have rejected before. It's a little bit more of a um, mature tone. So maybe if you're like 14 and up, that'd be good. But I yeah. mean, let's be honest, if you're like 10 or 12 and listen to this podcast, why? Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> Go listen to something fun. It's like, a, I don't know what they do like now, like Fortnite. Go find a Fortnite podcast. <laughs> you kids and your Fortnites. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even entirely sure what that is. Is it a game? But yeah, I, I, I was interesting that I finished this and I read Anya's Ghost. I was like, oh. Okay, it's like the other side of the coin. Right. <laughs> but but I, it, it seems like the, the author is also Russian. I should have looked into that more. Who but was, it sounds who's the artist? Vera Brozkal. Cool. And it's all um, black. There's no, there's no like, beautiful color in this. It's it's black and white and grays. Oh. Which okay. is still beautiful in its own, in its own well, way. Well, is that, is that a gray or is that like a grayish lavender sort of? Is that what it is? I, I'm not sure with the lighting. Go ahead and take a look. Okay. To me, it looks like it has just a hint of, like, purpley to it. And I have, I've actually seen a lot of graphic novels that work great that way by basically yeah. using grayscale, but choosing right. a color instead of gray. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I so I recommend... Well, I mean, I liked ghosts, but if, if that... If you're going to avoid it because of... Because it's like, oh, well, this feels a little icky. Here's something else that's yeah. similar, but it won't have that icky... Yeah, that being yeah. that being said, if if you have any, you know, personal qualms with uh, how things are handled in ghosts, I can respect that. If that specific thing does not bug you or you can see past it for the sake of reading it, I thought it was really good. I yeah. I was touched by it. I thought that the the art's fantastic. The core storyline, core themes are very good. Um, yeah, the family dynamics are they're they're that's what yeah. I liked the best. Um. Which is I, even what the negative review said. It was like everything about the cystic fibrosis and like the family, yeah. great. But this other bit right. fell, fell um, flat. Yeah. So personally for me, I I would, because didn't we say the girl who drank the moon I said was like a nine lean towards a ten? ten. Yeah. I would I would put this as like a nine lean towards an eight where it's still, I, I thought it, I had a great time reading it. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> I gave it a solid four. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was Ghost. That was our first graphic novel. Obviously, we read a ton of those because we're both really into comics and stuff. Right, yeah. I, I would be interested in doing another one somewhere down the line. Uh, God, what, what other ones are there? I was actually just thinking, uh, this is a graphic novel in the truest sense. It was released all at once. It'd be interesting yeah. if we did a trade of, like, a younger skewed, like, monthly series or something. Oh, God, I already read something like that. I read The Moon Girl and Devil, Devil Dinosaur. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you should read that <laughs> if you don't want to read ghosts read moon girl and devil dinosaur boom studios has a lot of comics that are yeah they sure do towards... they but have I've, a lot of I've tie-in read ones but they also have yeah i mean there's lumberjanes there's uh i don't know we'll we'll think about it we'll we... or if you have suggestions right yeah hfk <laughs> podcast at gmail.com um <laughs> but we have plenty of options and we're always looking to uh tackle formats topics demographics that we haven't yet uh right we want to try and make this a nice wide array of what YA literature is and can be okay so 
For next month, instead of what we had already said before our plan was going to be, we're going to be pushing Fablehaven 2 a little bit so that we can work in a couple of uh, couple of books that we got uh, as uh, promotional copies. So the uh, next month's episode is going to be Life Formed, and it is a graphic novel by Dark Horse Comics, uh, written by Matt Mayer Lowry and with art by Cassie Anderson. And then you may see another episode even before that, but it won't be on a regular like first of the month sort of thing. But don't worry, Fablehaven Two is coming. We will also be doing Penderwicks Two soon. Yeah, we'll be we'll be visiting the Penderwicks during the summer. Yeah, we thought that'd be like a good summer read. Yeah. Plus, it'll be interesting because from what I understand, the series. Uh, a lot of YA series are like, the next year, the next year, the next right, year. Right. There are huge stretches between some of the Penderwicks yeah. books. Yeah. I read more spoilers for Penderwicks later, but maybe I can tell you. Because it's crazy. <laughs> I was like, that's bananas! <laughs> <laughs> so, that being said, Hello Fellow Kids. It's hosted by Mara and Josh and produced by Josh. You can visit us. How do I do this? I just I did know. it last Twitter? week. Uh, yeah, you can visit us on Twitter, HFK Podcast. Uh, email us, hfkpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Goodreads. Uh, we are on uh, we're on Stitcher. Stitcher, iTunes. I'm pretty sure you can find us through Google now. I think that's just a Yeah, res- I Googled us. I think that's just a result of like all the other places I put it up. Google is like, oh, we'll add you too. <laughs> uh, we are on... SoundCloud? Yeah, but what's the thing? The, the Radio Public. Radio Public. We're, we're on, on there. Public. <laughs> uh, music provided by Ben Ben Music provided by Ben Ash Visit him at benash.com Please contact us <laughs> <Yeah>. We're getting <laughs> lonely 